This episode is part of Glendale Library Arts and Cultures and the Southern California Library Cooperative's Be the Change series, which focuses on inclusion, diversity, equity, anti-racism. Be the Change events will build collective understanding of systemic racism, elevate the voices and stories of Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and inspire our community to be the change. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Teen Gen Talks hosted by me, Melissa. And me, Desiree. Where the goal is to empower the youth of Glendale and connect youth to community resources, individuals, and organizations through interviews and discussions. And today we are joined by a special guest, Sharifa Anozi. Sharifa is a speaker, entrepreneur, and author. A native New Yorker, her passion for storytelling spans back two decades when she interviewed renowned civil rights advocate Carolyn Goodman at 12 years old. Her poem dedicated to Miss Goodman traveled the country in the Long Walk to Freedom exhibit and was recognized by some major media outlets. To further both her knowledge and curiosity for stories everywhere, she went on to obtain a journalism degree from Penn State University. As an avid encourager for following your big dreams, Sharifa followed her own by moving across the country in 2012 to pursue her career in entertainment news. She now lives in LA with her husband, Jonathan, and their two children. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, both on Facebook and Instagram at LAC. Follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also make sure to give us a like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Glendale Library Arts and Culture, where we post full episodes every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Thank you, Sharifa, for taking the time out of your day to talk with us. We have a lot to discuss. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome. So to begin with, I want to start by touching upon your passion for storytelling. That also led you to further the curiosity for stories with obtaining a BA in journalism from Penn State University. But how did this love for storytelling blossom? Well, um, it started when I was a little girl. Uh, I, you know, when kids were outside playing, I was in my grandma's room recording myself and I would pretend like I had my own talk show um, on her tape recorder, like my own radio show, kind of like, you know, what we're doing now, podcasting, um, but way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I just love, you know, it's just something that was innate to me. It just, I love telling stories, hearing stories, and um, I've just been doing it, you know, all my life. And so when it was time to, you know, decide like, you know, what would I do for college? That was like a no brainer. All my teachers were like, you gotta do journalism. And I was like, you gotta do journalism. So everybody was just like kind of pushing me down that, down that mm -hmm. path. And that's kind of what really reinforced it at that point. You also interviewed director Spike Lee and um, artist Neo to name a few. What, when preparing to interview big personalities like them, how do you prepare? I basically go and kind of read up on their bios as well and um, see what new things they have coming out. Uh, I like finding like, you know, just like unique things that um, about their story that I could ask a question about. Or, you know, I remember I asked Spike Lee about how growing up in Brooklyn impacted his storytelling, that kind of thing. Um, and so just kind of, you know, doing my research, checking on what what their, their latest things that they're working on and also thinking of out of the box questions that they don't get asked all the time, I think is a great way to go about it as well. And journalism itself can be a competitive field. Um, did that ever discourage you to continue pursuing it or did you ever feel any pressure during your journey with it? 
Um, no, it didn't discourage. Cause the funny thing is, it's like, it's, it's something that you're called to do. Like, you know, I've, I've done, um, career days at schools and it's very, very rare. Like everyone wants to be a doctor, lawyer, and it's very, not often that you find someone who's like, I want to do journalism. Like it's some, it's not mm -hmm. something that you kind of just, I don't think it, you pick it. I think it picks you. Um, and so, you know, like you're not even thinking about the competition. You're just, you're just thinking about this is my calling and this is what I was meant to do. And, you know, I'm going to go for it. After graduating, you got the opportunity to work with various assignments at the CBS early show, 48 hours and beat. 106 and Park to name a few. What was that experience like? Oh man, that was awesome. So when I graduated, um, I was on the hunt for a job like most, you know, graduates like where am I going to work? And I'm from New York originally. So I moved back home and was sending out my resumes like all kinds of places. And I took like a temporary job as a receptionist um, just until I could find something. Cause I was like, I knew I wanted to work ABC, NBC. It had to be one of those big networks. And I was at my receptionist job. I got a call on a Monday um, from somebody at CBS. And he was like, hey, I came across your resume. Cause when I say like, if I knew, like if you said, hey, my cousin works at ABC, I'm like, here's my resume. Like I was just like <laughs> handing it out like the way Oprah gives out cars. <laughs> um, and so the guy on the other end was like, I came across your resume and I want you to come in for something called the page program, which is, you know, um, it's kind of like a paid internship with the CVS company, but they all have it like ABC, NBC, they all have like, um, that kind of program. And so I was like, okay, I'll come in. And so Monday interviewed on Wednesday, uh, Monday got the call Wednesday, went in for an interview. And on Friday, he's like, you got the position can you start on Monday? And I was like, yeah, like I, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was like, I didn't even give the job, unfortunately, the two week notice, because I was like, this is my, like, this is what I had been waiting for all this time. Um, and so when that happened, I was just like, grace, I'm out. And so <laughs> that, that opportunity, yeah, the page program is awesome. Like I got to work at CBS Evening News. So basically you work in various different departments of CBS until you kind of find an area that's like, oh, I really like working in the news part, or I really like working in entertainment section, or I really like working in the mornings. Um, and then if there's a job opening, you can apply for it. And then you kind of get out the program and then you're like fully hired. And then, so you did get offered a permanent position working for the executive producer of the CBS Evening News. Um, what was your typical day like for you during this time working there? Oh man, it was uh, very early morning. So get in and I was sitting at kind of like the main um, call, like where where they get tons of like calls. So I think at the time when I was there, it was like, there was an oil spill going on. So you get so many like crazy, like phone calls and like people mad at the president and how dare you? And they're mad, <laughs> like you, you kind of like to sift through all of that. Um, and then um, another part of my job would be, um, I actually would give Katie Couric, so, she has writers and um, different people that work with her, mm -hmm. but on set, when she gets on set, someone has to continue to hand her her like script that she's, that she's you know, reading on camera. Because if, if there's ever like a change, like she may be reading it, she'll say, oh, I don't want to say that. And so the writers may mm -hmm. quickly change something. And so like I sit at a desk that's like not too far from her. And then I have to basically print out all of her scripts, but I have to do it very fast because 
you know, they go to commercial and they come back and then like if there's a change, I have to print it out really quick and hand it to her and run back to my seat. Um, so very high pressure, um, but also like it's kind of, you know, to come out of college to work at, you know, she's one of the best journalists in the business and to be there, to be in her presence, to be, you know, in that atmosphere was just really like, you know, full circle moment and the things that you, you know, seeing your dreams come to life was just, you know, awesome. So. And speaking of dreams, I know it's hard for many to take that leap and follow their dreams, but you did that when you moved across the country to pursue a career in entertainment news. So for you, what was the pivoting point that convinced you to just go for it? I kind of saw like green lights, you know, I think we get to like you you talk about something all the time, like I really want to do this. And you talk about it, you talk about it. And I would ask other people and, you know, I'd get like different feedback, like, no, I don't think you should, or you can do entertainment here in New York. You don't have to move so far. Maybe you should just go try it out. Just, you know, um, and I think at the time when I started talking about it, I had just got like a promotion and then I was like in a relationship. And then there, there were just a lot of things that it just, the timing didn't feel right. And then came a point where like things were shifting and changing at CBS and Katie Couric had left. And then they kind of like switched my job and they were about to give me a job I didn't want. Um, and then I was no longer in a relationship. Basically my world was sort of, sort of crumbling, but not in like a, a terrible mm -hmm. way, but in like a good, like, op kind of like opening a path for me. Mm -hmm. And then th it was at that moment that I said, this is my green light. Like, this is my moment, the universe, God, whoever you believe in, I believe at that point was set telling me like, now is the time to go. Um, so yeah, so I, I booked a one-way ticket and again people were like you're crazy like what's wrong with you uh why don't you just go, go try it out and for me it's like I'm not a try like try it out person I feel like mm -hmm. I said I, I am a woman of faith and I feel like God whether you're in California New York you know in the middle of the desert I feel like you know he works in all places and so um I was like I'm just gonna go for it and I'm gonna take the leap of faith because I do believe that once I step out on faith that the doors will open for me and, you know, good things will come. And so, yeah, one-way ticket. I didn't have a job lined up when I first moved here. It's this year actually makes 10 years, um, mm. my 10th year here in California. So I feel like I'm officially like California in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right word. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I just went for it. Cause I saw, I finally saw, got that, like now, now's the time to go. And I think mm. personally, like we all, we all get that you'll, you'll get that feeling. You'll get that, you know, that, that intuition that it now is the time for sure. The Hollywood Reporter is where you began working in 2012. How is that transition going from your hometown to coming here to Hollywood and then covering red carpet events? Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. Uh, my first year here was probably the hardest, like, cause I didn't have like my my, my mom was still living in New York, all my close friends. Um, I, and I don't want to make it seem like it was easy. I definitely cried on the whole plane ride over here. The guy who was sitting next to me was like, what's wrong with this girl? <laughs> um, so yeah, the first year was very, very difficult. Um, but in terms of the Hollywood Reporter, what was funny is that a lot of the people that were at the Hollywood Reporter were from New York. Um, so they all mm -hmm. seemed to be like transplants too. So that was kind of cool that, you know, I had people that could relate to me and like, oh yeah, I used to go, you know, to catch a train too and blah, blah, blah. So um, just different things, you know, I had to find my way at it. I still to this day, I still use my GPS for everything. This is the creature of habit. 
but yeah, I didn't know my way around. I had to, you know, figure out, I, I didn't know how to drive, thankfully, because I did go to um, away to college. So I did have that experience, but a lot of New Yorkers, cause even my boss, like she didn't have a car, like she just mm-hmm. walked to work. So a lot of New Yorkers are not big on like the driving here and the traffic. Um, but I assimilated to all of that, you know, got a car and, and kind of just transitioned slowly. And then eventually it got, it got easier, but it did help that, you know, a lot of the people that worked, um, with me were also New Yorkers. So that kind of made me feel at home. And do you have any piece of advice for anyone wanting to pursue journalism or just in general or struggling to pursue their dream? Yeah, I would say um, if it's journalism you want to do, nowadays it's crazy because the path when I was going for it, you know, it seemed like you you go to college, you, you do all those things, get your degree and apply to jobs. But now it seems like there's so many different ways to get um, to, you know, where you want to go. Like it could be on the TikTok route. Like maybe you're, you know, you're doing interviews that way, or you're like, you know, you're great at doing, you know, different stuff on YouTube. So it doesn't, basically what I'm saying is that everybody's path is different, right? And so I would never say to take my path. I would just say, if there's a dream or something that you really want to do, um, people will see your passion. People will see your love for it. It doesn't matter what avenue you take. So YouTube, TikTok, or, you know, to go the traditional route of going to school, going and get a degree that way. Um, whatever it is that you decide, just put your all into it. Put really show that it's your passion. Um, and, you know, people will notice that and see it and really um, back you up for it. So go for it. You give back to your community a lot by mentoring and empowering young people, as well as helping the homeless in the LA area. How important is getting, giving back to you? So important. Um, again, when I moved here from New York, one of the first things that I noticed um, was the homeless um, population, because in New York, it's, you know, there's homeless everywhere, but here it just seemed to like stick out like way more than normal. So I'm like, what's going on? And I went and did some research and I found out that um, California has the largest homeless population in the United States. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that, that would explain why, you know, I, I'm seeing it so, so vividly here. And then I also remember a time where um, my pastor at that time was like, if you see a problem and, you know, you see it with your eyes um, and you see something often, it probably means that you have the answer to it. There's something on the inside of you that can help contribute however, you know, you want to look at it. And so um, I have another business um, um, called The Sacred Word, where I sell jewelry, it's faith-based jewelry. And what I did with that is I used, um, you know, the, some of the proceeds that we made from that business um, to make blessing bags um, for the homeless. And so my husband and I, um, I don't think we had kids yet at that time. I'm not, don't remember, but my husband and I, we would go out and we'd hand out these bags. And I mean, I would meet like some of the most amazing, you know, people on the streets. And you're like, you know, there's such this misconception that, you know, they're on drugs or they're this or they're crazy. And I have spoke to some of the most intelligent people. I spoke to some of the people who are like on fire for the Lord, for God, even though they're on the street and they have nothing, right? And they're still like full with hope, full with joy. And, you know, they 
they like they enjoy the the goods that we're giving them but even just the conversation like someone's Mm -hmm. taking the time to acknowledge me to see me here on the street talk to me that is probably like it, it blesses them but it also at the end of the day that's what like brings us joy to be able to do that in your journey as a mentor what is something you have learned from the youth Oh man, um, never to lose your childlike joy. I think mm-hmm. as you get older, people tell you no, you face a lot of like hard times and you can allow those negative words, those feelings, those experiences to change who you are. And a lot of people get quiet, they, you know, they get recluse, they stay away from people, they, they stop sharing and caring or whatever it is. And, you know, you never want to lose your childlike joy. So be fun, be happy, keep your joy, never lose that because, you know, that is what's going to keep you going for the long run. You are also a motivational speaker. How do you make sure that you keep your motivation running to help others? That's a good question. Um, I avoid uh, negative people. I avoid, you know, I avoid Debbie Downers, the, you know, p- people that will drain your spirit. And I think it's just important to like, you know, be aware, be, you know, if something, you know, I I don't think it's a good idea. Like even if all my friends are going, but I know that that situation may not be good for me mentally, spiritually, I'm not going. Um, And so I think it's important to um, know your boundaries, know your limits and, you know, say yes when you mean yes and say no when you mean no. And you're also an author. I want to specifically touch upon your two books, Sibling Love and It's In You, a book for big dreamers. What inspired these two books? Let me show you here. I really love the cover. It's such a cute cover. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So yes, I did mention I'm a mom of two. And I, um, I always knew I had a book on the inside of me. Uh, I just didn't know what that first book would B. I actually have books like in my Google Drive that I've written, but I've just never did it. And then in 2019, like literally right before the pandemic started, um, I saw like a post from like a friend and she's like, if you want to write your book, we can get it done by Christmas. And I was like, again, remember that the, the sign, the red, the, the green lights, like this yeah. is a path, like that's, that was that thing. So I'm like, okay, now's the time. Um, and so I went for it. So the first book was called It's In You, A Book For Big Dreamers. Um, and if you just listen to my story, then it kind of just sums up, like, you'll know, like where I'm coming from with that. Um, mm-hmm. Just about believing um, that everything you need is already on the inside of you to succeed. And so that was what that story was about. And I just wanted to encourage my own children and other children, like whatever it is you want to be, go for it. Um, and in the story, there's like some animals who are like, um, basically it's a caterpillar with a dream to fly. Um, and then the other animals are like, man, caterpillars can't fly. Like you're, you're not going to fly. Um, and just kind of like, you know, showing like what can happen. There are people who are not going to believe in you. There are times where you may not believe in you. But you just got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. Uh, You know, I love the whole, like, the transformation that a caterpillar has to go through to become this butterfly. Mm -hmm. Because we all, in some ways, we all have to go through that. We all have, some of us have, you know, like, the ugly duckling phase. And we have the, the times where you have to, like, you know, you go through hardship. But on the other side of that is this beautiful, you know, take flight and, you know, watch your dream come to life. So Mm -hmm. that's what that story is about. And then the second book I wrote is called Sibling Love. And um, that one is about, obviously about my two kids. They inspired it. 
because uh, I didn't grow up with siblings. I do have um, other siblings on my dad's side, um, but in my house, it was just me. And so watching my two kids, like they literally will love on each other. Like, I love you, I love And then two seconds later, I hear slap, slap, no, mine. And I was like, what is going on? Um, and so watching them to me has been hilarious. And I'm like, is this what it's like to have a sibling? Like, you know, you, their bond is obviously, you can't take away their bond, but at the same time, they're really willing to like kill each other for a toy or whatever it is. Um, and so I was like, I, I'm sure a lot of siblings around the world could relate to this. And I wanted to encourage, you know, positive sibling bonds and just have people, you know, um, kids read it because it's funny adults have even read it and they're like oh my gosh this so reminds me of my childhood when I was growing up with my siblings and so yeah those are the two books so what is your writing process like um so I but it's in you I like I said I knew I um I kind of had the story kind of in my mind I knew I wanted to talk about um you know, the trans transformation between the butterfly and the caterpillar. So I do kind of similar to like, you know, as a journalist, I do my research. Like I want to make sure that I'm giving children the proper information about butterfly metamorphosis and just really, you know, um, so I, I, I did all the research about butterflies and what they eat and what they don't eat and how big they are and, you know, digged into all of that um, to help me cultivate the story. Um, and then deciding if I wanted to rhyme or not rhyme. And then in terms of like picking the animals, like, you know, just just picking things that are like, obviously like, what would you see in, in a, a backyard in nature, that kind of thing. Um, so I just, I, I kind of do it the same way I would, like if I was writing an article or interviewing someone, I kind of like do all my research and, you know, put it all together and then go and like draft up the story. And then it goes to the editing process um, that way. Awesome. And before we end, we have some rapid fire questions to ask you. The first sure. question is, what is your favorite color? White. When are you the happiest? When I have peace and quiet. Um, if you could have three people dead or alive for dinner, who would it be? Oprah, Rosa Parks, and my grandfather. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Dream bigger. Dream bigger. And just go for it, girl. Like, you know, you, you will have some hard times. You will cry. You will, you know, it'll be, it'll be difficult, but there, there's great things waiting for you in your future life. What do you want your legacy to be? I want it to be, uh, I want people to look back and say, wow, she, she went for it. Everything that she said she wanted to do, she accomplished it. She was fearless. She gave her her all, even if she, you know, failed at a couple of things, she gave her her all, she believed in herself and she put God first in everything. If you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, who would it be and why? Hmm, that's a good one. Someone else's shoes. I'm gonna say Oprah again, because I just feel like she has an awesome life. I wanna, I wanna see what her house looks like and go to her. You know. I want to wake up in her bed and like, Gaston, bring me a coffee. Yes. <laughs> um, what is your favorite movie? The Little Mermaid. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Ooh, the best compliment. Will have to be, I love you, mommy. That's got to be the best compliment. Yes. 
And what is a book that you have read recently or are currently reading that you would recommend? I am reading um, Tabitha Brown's Feeding the Soul. Um, she is sort of a mentor from afar for me. Um, she actually um, read my book on her Instagram. She's like a, she went viral last year um, as a, she's an influencer, but she's also like very motivating and positive and kind of like similar um, to me. So right now I'm reading her book and it's kind of encouraging to me as well. So definitely recommend it. So thank you so much for um, joining us. We learned a lot about you. Thank you for taking the time of your day to talk with us. Can you let everyone at home know about any upcoming projects and where they can, can connect with you? Sure. Um, I am, I founded something called the Author Hive. And so if any of you are interested in becoming an author, um, definitely connect with me there. That is sort of um, what I'm diving into lately, um, just helping other people bring their books to life and to fruition. Um, and so that is the authorhive.com. And then of course, uh, I have my own website as well. So if you want to check out my books or anything I'm doing, it's sharifaanazi.com. And thank you ladies so much for having me this was awesome thank you thank you we really appreciate you for doing this and we enjoyed talking to you so thank you so much thank you